So how to never go broke has everything to do with personal finance. So how are you actually managing your money? That's why today I want to talk about investing, debt, savings, setting up goals, and I'll also have a bonus at the end. A lot of people don't talk about this when they talk about personal finance, but this is actually pivotal when it comes to managing your money. Now, the very first thing that you need to do in order to not go broke is to have an emergency fund. Now, I'm assuming that you already have a job. And when it comes to an emergency fund, usually what people will say is that you need to have six months of income saved for an emergency fund. But I'm going to go even further and say that you need to have one year saved for your emergency fund. So one year of income. Now, six months for your emergency fund. Six months is still okay. I want to say that's actually the bare minimum because think about it like this. Let's say you're working at a company and the company decides to let you go because those are just the times that we live in right now. Or you're working at a company, you don't like working for the company, you don't like the job that you're doing, or you might not even like your colleagues and you decide to end up quitting. Also, when you're in this case not working, you have a lot more free time to do things that you always thought about doing while you were working. And what does that mean? You're going to be spending more money. So while you're working, yes, you're probably sitting at a desk or you might even be working from home, but you're just focused on your work. But now that you have a little bit more free time, there might be a restaurant that you wanted to go to, or you might just want to visit the zoo, or you might even want to go to a different country or a different state to visit your family. That's all going to cost money. So when you're not working, it's more than likely that you're going to be spending even more money than while you were working. So having more than six months saved in your emergency fund, it's also peace of mind because it might take a while for you to get another job. It's not that easy to get a job within a month or two. Sometimes it might take six months or even longer in order to get a, another job. So in order not to go broke, you need to start planning for things that will happen and things that might happen in the near future. Now, what's the difference between the two? Something that will happen is something that you have written down as a goal. And of course, these are the things that you can plan for, your goals. You can either like write them on a notepad, save them on your computer. As long as they are readily available to you, you're good to go. And when it comes to goals, I look at goals as being short-term, mid-term, or long-term goal. So a short-term goal might be you want to buy a new MacBook, which you can do within one or two months. Now, a mid-term goal would be something like you want to go back to college. And it's going to take you, let's say, four years in order to graduate from college. And you want to have that paid off also. Or you might want to buy a new car. It's going to take you a couple of months to save up that money in order to, for a down payment for a car. Or even you want to go and live in an apartment for the first time. It might take you a couple of months in order to save up some money in order to move into an apartment. Now, a long-term goal would be anything that's 10 plus years. So let's say you have an investing goal. It's something that's longer than 10 years to achieve. That's going to be your long-term goal. So a cool thing about goals and specifically financial goals is that you're pretty much holding yourself accountable. So let's say you have a financial goal of saving X amount of money in your savings account. Once you hit that goal, you can always move the goalpost and set up a new goal. So the next thing that you need to do is to plan for unforeseeable things that might happen that could be quite costly. So how does that work? How can you plan for something that 
you don't know if it's going to happen or not. That, of course, is where your emergency fund also comes into play. Now, some of the things that might happen that you cannot plan for is, for example, your car breaking down. I took my car to get fixed. I actually had my oil changed and something that cost like 20 or 30 bucks ended up costing over $800 because I also noticed that my brakes weren't working correctly. They were actually bent and I just decided to go ahead and fix the brakes also because I do have that emergency fund that I can rely on. And I didn't even have to think about it because my safety is a lot more important than riding around in a car that's not working correctly. So I just went ahead and got it fixed. Now, another unforeseeable thing that might happen usually has to do with your health. You can never know when you might get injured or when you might injure yourself. Even myself, a couple of years ago, back in 2018, I ended up partially rupturing my Achilles and I had to go to the hospital in order to get surgery. Now, I'm fine now because I had to go through physical therapy. I had to learn how to walk again, but I'm fine now. And I never really thought about the amount of money that I had to pay because my health was more important than the amount of money that I already saved up. So having that emergency fund always helps out. And in the end, my work that I used to work at, they ended up paying for everything that happened because it actually happened on the job. And for number three, you want to pay your debt down as fast as possible. Now, most of us will accumulate student loan debt, credit card debt, or even paying off your car loan. Now, when it comes to student loan debt, you gotta do what you have to do. So pay it down as much as you can with how much money you're making. I know student loan is a big issue. Luckily for me, like I worked my way through college, so I finished college with any student loan debt. Now, when it comes to other forms of debt, I get it. Let's say you buy a car and you have to pay your car loan. Yeah, I get that. But when it comes to credit card debt, that's something that I always try to stay clear of. So every single month, I pay off my balance in full. And the cool thing about if you have a credit card and you're actually using it wisely, so you're paying it in full, you're not utilizing everything on your credit card, is that you're actually building up your credit score. So currently, I'm logged into an app. And as you can see, I've been able to get my credit score, according to TransUnion and Equifax, up to 799. So I'm shooting for 800 or above. Once I hit that goal that I set for myself, I'll talk about it also. And of course, when it comes to paying down your debt and why you want to do it as fast as possible, because debt will weigh on your shoulders. It's like an albatross. It's always following you. I have friends that went the student loan route and they're still paying off their student loans. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, wow, that could have been money that you put as a down payment on a house or even money that you could have invested in the stock market. So here's a question that I get often from friends and family members. Do I pay down my debt first and then start investing? Or do I invest while I'm paying down my debt? My answer has always been, you want to invest while you're paying down your debt. Now, why do you need to do both at the same time? Here's why. When it comes to investing, right now, nowadays, it's extremely easy to start investing and you don't even need to have a lot of money in order to start investing. You can invest with $1. That's how much you can start with. Also, keep in mind that the younger you are when it comes to investing, the more time you have that's actually working on your side in order to build your wealth, accumulate that wealth before you hit that retirement age. So for example, let's say you're 25 now 
and you have a goal of retiring at the age of 65, you have 40 years in order to invest and grow your wealth. Now compare that to somebody who's just been working their whole life to pay down their debt. So they've been paying down their credit card debt, they've been paying down their student loans. And at the age of 50, they finally start investing. Now they're most likely not gonna be able to retire at 65 because like I said, investing is a journey. You cannot start investing now and think you're gonna be able to retire on your investments within 10 years. Unless of course you get really aggressive when it comes to stocking away money for your investments, but more than likely it's not gonna happen that fast. In order to pay down your debt faster, it would be awesome if you had some additional income streams that you could rely on. This is kind of where passive income comes into play. So there's a lot of talk about passive income and especially passive income not being that passive. But let me give you some examples of how I make some passive income on the side. I sell books. So I have books in my name. If you Google my name, you can find all my books. Most of them are on investing. It's talking about the stock market, dividend investing. So that's one way that I make passive income. And that's actually really passive. I don't do anything for it. I don't even advertise those books. Another thing is t-shirts that I sell. So I am on Amazon Merch and I sell a couple of t-shirts every single day, which adds up when you look at how many t-shirts I sell for the month. And then also I have dividend income from my stocks that I buy. And of course, this YouTube channel also produces a little bit of passive income. YouTube is a lot of work, but the videos that are bringing me income I don't do anything for those videos. I created them, I published them, and they make me money on a consistent basis. Now, how can you start with making any type of passive income? Definitely, you can Google passive income ideas, but the ones that I listed, the way I make passive income, definitely pay attention to those because those are the ones that work for me. It's not easy to make passive income, but once you actually found something that makes you money, then the next step is to try to scale it. So definitely let me know if you want me to talk more about the way I have done it and I'll definitely talk about it in another video. And then tip number four, never go broke, work on your personal finance. Tip number four is investing. We already talked about investing, but when it comes to investing, especially if you work at a company, the company might offer a 401k. That's definitely something that you want to check out because there's usually a company match so let's say the company matches a certain amount of money that you invest the company might match up to two or even up to five percent of what you actually invested and of course you're not limited to only invest through your company you can also open a individual retirement account a Roth IRA or you can go to one of the big companies and open up a traditional brokerage account now when it comes to the 401k you will always be limited by the options that the company chose for their employees to invest in. Those are gonna be usually mutual funds, a couple of index funds, and a couple of target date retirement funds. Now with target date retirement funds, the cool thing is that they automatically rebalance your account the closer you get to that retirement age. So let's say there's a target date fund that says like target date fund 2060. So the closer you get to 2060, this fund automatically rebalances your account into more safer assets. So when it comes to investing, what's the best way to start? Should you buy individual companies? Should you start investing like that? Or would it be better to start investing in a mutual fund or even an index fund? If you're a beginner, I highly recommend you start out investing in an index fund. 
because you will have automatic diversification compared to investing in individual companies. And a good one to take a look at and do some research on is the S&P 500 index fund from Vanguard. That's one that I still own to this day. And once you're more comfortable with investing, you can always change your goal and start investing in individual companies. But honestly, most people invest in either an index fund, an ETF, or a mutual fund because it provides automatic diversification. And it's, with a mutual fund, even an index fund, you don't constantly have to watch your portfolio. And let's talk about the bonus. Let's talk about number five, your health. Now, how does health play an important role with your personal finance okay this is your health this is your personal finance what's the connection well there's a lot of connection between your health and your personal finance because think about it if you're healthy you can work longer if you work longer you can make more money working longer meaning you have more years that you can stay in the job market if you're healthy you're also somebody who's less likely to go to the doctor or somebody that needs to go to the hospital and as you know, like hospital bills, those can add up quite fast. So let me know what you thought about these personal finance tips on how to never go broke. And I'll talk to you guys in the next one.